0: How is it going everybody? Welcome back to another offseason episode of the Pig Pod. Voice of the Iron Pig Sam Jelnick here with you as we continue to plow through the winter months here getting past Thanksgiving into December and looking towards the holiday season. Obviously it's a fun time of year. Uh, things are a little bit gr- grayer, maybe a little bit more snow on the ground by the time that uh, we post this episode. But uh, it's always fun to keep in touch and you know, see how everything's going here around the iron Pigs with some of our players, some of our staff, and you know everything in the world of Phillies baseball. Uh, as we go towards uh, getting ready for spring training. Uh, the big news over the last time that we dropped a podcast episode, that was with Nick Podkle, uh, is a couple of things Iron Picks related. We have now released all of our jerseys <laughs> for our two new jerseys for this upcoming season. Our Saturday uh, Pennsylvania Dutch Hex inspired Saturday jerseys and then our redesigned Sunday Phillies throwback jerseys. They are both fantastic. If you need a great holiday gift be sure to stop by the clubhouse store here at the ballpark or go to ironpickshop.com and you can still find those jerseys there as well in addition to the jerseys there's a full clothing collection behind those jerseys. So we're talking t-shirts, sweatshirts, outerwear apparel, so long sleeves, kind of pullovers, uh, obviously the hats as well. So anything you might need for the holidays, you can certainly get it in the uh, new uh, jersey collections that we have for our Saturday and Sunday jerseys. So that's, you know, the the new stuff on the Iron Pig side of things. And then on top of that, I think it was either right before we had Cal Stevenson on our guest for today's podcast. It might have been that same day or earlier that week uh, that Aaron Nola re signed with the Phillies. Obviously, Aaron, uh, an all time uh, Iron Pig great in the limited time that he was here with the Pigs, but one, you know, a time that was very fondly remembered. Signing a huge contract with the Phils to stick around more likely than not for the rest of his career, barring a couple of uh, late year resurgence for Aaron if he's able to pitch deep into his 40s and even then hopefully he'll still be on the fills for that as well. So that's super exciting that the fills rotation is shaking out like that. Uh, yeah, as far as the Iron Pigs roster is concerned, no major minor league signings have happened as as of yet. Uh, as I record this on this, it's November the 27th day that I'm actually recording this uh, little monologue. Uh, the Phillies did sign reliever Jose Ruiz to a minor league contract. Um, so Ruiz had pitched with the White Sox and Diamondbacks uh, in the 2023 season. Uh, had a 4-4-3 ERA with the D-backs. Good strikeout rate, just shy of 20%. Ground ball rate, 42%. Fastball sits around 96 So he's basically the, the MO of what Sam Fold and Dave Dombrowski like to go and get as far as a reliever is concerned. A guy who throws hard, gets ground balls, and hopefully they can get his walk rate in check um, and get the strikeout rate the <laughs> even higher. So Ruiz probably a guy who'll end up being a part of the Iron Pigs bullpen. Uh, I don't know about any opt-outs in his contract as far as um, you know during spring training or during the season, but he is a minor league sign with an invite to spring training, so that's exciting as well. A uh, couple of Iron Pigs who became free agents have actually signed elsewhere. We'll touch on that here real quick too. Uh, ben Bowden and Jacob Hernandez have signed uh, with other teams. Bowden has signed minor league contract spring training invite with the Atlanta Braves, well, Jacob Hernandez has signed with the Baltimore Orioles, uh, two guys who are key parts of the Pigs' bullpen uh, this past season. Hearn, or Jacob Hernandez, a guy who had been a part of the bullpen staff since 2021. Uh, two really phenomenal guys. Two left-handed pitchers who had great results here with the Iron Pigs. and We wish them nothing but luck in the rest of their careers and hopefully our paths cross again at some point because they are two really awesome guys who we enjoyed having here in Piggyville and having uh, down in the bullpen, a bullpen core that was you know truly a pleasure to be around and a pleasure to watch on the field all season long during 2023. One guy that we do know, barring anything drastic, uh, will be on the Iron Pigs roster for the 2024 season is Cal Stevenson. Cal was acquired uh, via waiver claim by the Phillies back in late May early June uh, as he had been DFA'd by the Giants. Cal was claimed uh, by the Phillies then DFA'd by the Phillies cleared waivers and stuck around with the Iron Pigs for the rest of the season where he had a fantastic year. Now he could always make the uh, Philly's opening day roster out of camp if he gets added to the 40-man roster. But for us, as of now, we expect Cal to be with the Iron Pigs in the starting lineup and out in the outfield come opening day 2024. So we decided to have Cal on to talk a little bit about his 2023 season, the wild journey that he went on, going from team to team, place to place, and finally settling, settling in with the Iron Pigs and having nothing short of a fantastic season. He just played exceptionally well after a pretty abysmal start to his campaign, both when he was with the A's and the Giants, and then even here with the Iron Pigs, but once he settled in, he turned into a great player, an OPS of about 8.50 or so, great defense in the outfield, another guy who was just a pleasure to have around in the clubhouse. So for today's episode of the Pig Pod, happy to have Cal Stevenson join us. Without further ado, here is Cal Stevenson. So on our second episode of the Pig Pod here this off season we had Nick podcole for episode one and now we have Cal Stevenson here for episode two. Cal, thanks for joining us. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me. Glad, uh, glad I could make it and be a part of this.
0: Yeah, so you know we talked about it with Nick, uh, with him being on the first episode, and you in a slightly similar scenario. Unless something you know drastic happens, and we hope everything goes well in spring training that you know you don't end up here, but you know. Sounds looks like uh a return to Lehigh Valley might be in the cards for you at least you know you at least know you'll be in the Phillies organization unless you're traded which uh you know a lot of guys at this point of the offseason don't know where they're going so you have a little bit of certainty on that uh you know it's not even six months that you've been with the org and actually it is six months at this point yeah just but, about yeah so six months now in the Phillies org uh how's it feel to kind of know with barring anything crazy this is where, where you'll be for the upcoming season
1: yeah no I mean obviously last year when I came in it was, uh, it was a little different for me just moving around so much and uh, uh, you know Lehigh was an awesome place I felt like I fit in re- really well there uh, with the team and um, just a good group and um, I'm excited to kind of step back into that and, and be a part of that again you know a uh, lot of It was, I mean, the thing that surprised me there too was that a lot of fans showed up uh, Mm. pretty much every game I was there. So uh, I'm excited to see the fans again. And, and, uh, you know, it would be cool to see that uh, whole thing play out. I'm, I'm excited for that.
0: And one thing I saw when I you know, doing my own little research coming into this podcast, uh, I hadn't put two and two together and I feel bad because when I initially shot you the email for the podcast, they, for some reason, I just didn't put two and two together that Arizona is not Western time. <laughs> well, was-
1: yeah, no, now it's not. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't do daylight savings here for some reason, which I don't mind. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, when I went to Oregon, that was the, I was like a whole hour ahead, so... Uh, I'd gotten tricked with the time there too.
0: So you had the weird experience of being in Arizona during the NLCS. Um, mm-hmm. were, you, were you keeping a low profile during that? Uh, telling anybody that hey, you know, I <laughs> uh, I'm in the Phil's org, or was you just kind of soaking it in?
1: Well, I live in like a quieter area. I live about 45 minutes from Phoenix, so uh, I really don't go out much. I'm pretty much <laughs> at home being a dad. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to kind of just keep a low profile, low profile, in, in general, so. Um, I was definitely watching, kind of kind of bummed the way it played out. But, um, yeah, no, I thought about going to a game, actually. Uh, but, you know,
0: the tickets were just outrageous. So I just decided to watch home. <laughs> and I imagine, uh, you know, one of the benefits of staying home as opposed to going to the game is you get to continue being a dad. Uh, I can't believe that, you know, you went through the process that you went through jumping from team to team this past year while your wife was pregnant with your second kid. Um, so how's it been now being able to be home and fully soak in the fact that you got uh, two little rascals running around?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, being home now and uh, so my son's at that age to where he's just kind of like growing and developing a personality. And um, so just c- cool to be home and uh, see him grow. My daughter, same thing. Like, I mean, she's what, five, six months now. Um, so just seeing her grow and just kind of being able to help my wife out too is just been a game changer for us as a family. And uh, I'm just excited to kind of, to be able to um, just go through this process as a, as a father. It's kind of, it's a fun, it's a fun process. It's a lot, but uh, it's definitely worth it.
0: Is it difficult at all Uh, in a weird way, not having an off season, so to speak, where, you know, the season itself playing wise, has its own stresses and then you go home newborn daughter right there the son who's you know very quickly growing up and you're like oh boy you know this is a different kind of stress
1: yeah no I mean uh you kind of just got to keep your 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 cool together I mean obviously sometimes uh some days are better than others uh you know they go through their little mood swings and uh they're changing too so uh just adapting to that and trying to keep my cool so um sometimes sometimes I don't but sometimes (laughs) I got to, and it's uh, you know, just just fun. Like I said, to to see that all happen.
0: Uh, what's been your favorite part so far about being a father?
1: Uh, well, there's so many things, but I, I would say just like genuinely seeing my kids happy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the first year when my son was born, I I wasn't really around because I was in uh, Alabama with I was at the Rays and Double A at that time, so uh, kind of just like. Seeing how comfortable he is with me, and generally seeing how happy he is around me, I think that's the most uh, the most rewarding thing out of it.
0: And hey, I know that's something obviously you look forward to throughout you know the entire season. With you know you like many other players come from the West Coast, so you're you know you leave family behind and you come back out east to play during the season. And aside from seeing your family once you get to the off season, what's the one thing you can't wait to do once the season's done? Well,
1: for me, it's just like this off season, uh, we bought our home in 2021 and we kind of made some minor changes here and there. But like just for me, it's like doing the house project stuff and uh, kind of just getting stuff in order. And because um, like I just redid my backyard. So like that's just like something I like doing. Uh, just like seeing like the stuff around my house change and uh, upgrading it, basically. So those are like things that I look forward to.
0: Are you a DIYer?
1: No, 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 um, <laughs> I would I wish I could do it myself. It would save me a whole lot of more money. But uh no, just like seeing those changes. I like for me, it's just like, yeah, just help it. like my kids weren't able to go in the backyard and play. Now they're able to go back there and, and hang out and stuff. So uh that's that that was one thing I was looking forward to this offseason.
0: Uh what did you do to the backyard?
1: We added some turf to it. Before it was just a big old blob of dirt <laughs> and rocks. So it was just like you could not go back there, and the dog couldn't do anything back there. And then we added a, we added like a little cement way to where you could just go sit out by the fire and hang out at night. So, oh, that's awesome. know I, I need to take advantage of that more, honestly.
0: <laughs> uh, is the turf suitable uh, either to hit golf balls off of or use it in some way for baseball?
1: Oh yeah, I've been out there working out a couple of times back oh, there. Was I'm like, like, <laughs> I had to do something back here. <laughs> before you just couldn't step foot you come back in you just drag dirt right back into the house and then my wife's just like oh, I gotta mop again
0: <laughs> is that always an adjustment period when you come back you know from living on your own during the baseball season to coming home and you're like oh boy I gotta you know be a little bit tidier for the wife and uh you know <laughs> I, I you're you basically go from being a bachelor to not
1: yeah no I mean I try to do my best when I'm on my own, just trying to keep it in order just that way. When I come home, it's not uh, my wife's very uh, organized and clean. So um, I think that has helped me throughout our relationship. We've been together long enough to where I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do and stay in order when I get back home. I'm locked in. So uh, she's she's got me in order.
0: (laughs) She's the brains behind the operation.
1: Oh, for sure. I definitely don't. (laughs)
0: uh one thing i wanted to touch on uh it'll actually go into your relationship with her a little bit uh you bounced you kind of not only in your professional career you've bounced around baseball wise almost from the from the get-go starting at nevada going to juco then to arizona and then obviously everything that's happened since you've gotten into pro ball At, at what stage did you meet her during that
1: so i've known my wife since sixth grade Um, really in sixth grade yeah and then I ended up going to like we went to middle school together we were we were always friends but um went to a different high school out of middle school and then senior year I transferred so like like you said it's happened my whole career I bounced around I went back to the high school I was supposed to go to uh we met again and uh we've been together since my senior year so she's been throughout that whole process basically with me from the beginning so it's kind of like crazy to see how far we've come
0: was did you ever like have to explain to her what was going on during, you know, the fact that you're bouncing around so much or was it just kind of just understood like, Hey, this is the ride.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, college, I get she definitely understood what was going on. But the the, the, first, <laughs> the first time I got traded, she was like, what the heck does that even mean? Like, how does that even work? So I, I was like, yeah, you could get traded. Um, there's a trade deadline. Uh, teams could, trade you at any point basically i wasn't on the 40 band roster so i could have got traded after the Mm -hmm. trade deadline but uh yeah she had no idea how that all worked so i had to explain to her and then i mean here we are five teams later just she's she's adjusted really well and um it's crazy like how far like i said we've come
0: uh and one thing i picked up on during your uh transfers during college uh i'm gonna take a wild guess here you're following jay johnson yep yeah so Uh talk to me a little bit about, you know, he's obviously ends up at LSU, wins a national championship there. He's the premier college baseball coach. When you first got to him to Nevada, what was it that, you know, told you internally, like, hey, th- this is a good guy to be around?
1: Well, he had uh he had recruited me before he got to Nevada too. So um oh, really? we, had, we had built a relation He was still at University of San Diego. That's yeah. when um uh, yeah, he had Chris Bryant and yeah. had, well, Chris Bryant was the biggest name and you know i i knew he had developed really good hitters and uh i didn't in high school i didn't even know if i was going to pitch or hit in college i was still pitching then but uh i just saw his track record and who he was uh, putting out there and um it's just someone i wanted to surround myself with and um i saw the guys he was bringing in i thought it was someone that um you know a lot of guys wanted to play for and it that was the case
0: and uh, you yeah. How was it in your mind just having that faith, you know, to that he had the faith in you that wherever he went, you know, you would come with him and that you would have success no matter where that was?
1: I think he just really trusted my abilities as a player and my instincts on the field. Like, I mean, I'm not going to go out there and in college, at least I wasn't going to go out there and hit 10 to 15 home runs in a year. I was just one of those guys that uh, was going to hit the top of the order and. Um kind of just set the the table for the guys behind me. I was able to get on base and walk a lot. So I think he just really trusted me early on as a freshman at Nevada and uh kind of just let me let me pave the way for uh, you know, the older guys in the lineup
0: and uh, I also did a little bit of reading that you know, before you got to college, uh, coaches have been a big part of your life. You played for your dad in high school.
1: Uh, I played for my, I played for my dad when I like my whole life up until high school. yeah. Really? Yep.
0: Uh, so it, was that just something he had always been involved in even before you or even before your family?
1: No. So my dad was uh, always into basketball. He played basketball growing up. I mean, he played a little bit of baseball, but he was, he liked basketball a whole lot more. Um, He just got me into baseball, just messing around in the backyard and started playing. He's like, all right, I think I got to get into this. And um, he, he learned so much as we went on together in, in the game. And as I grew up to play, he, he started to read more books and, and, uh, just like just developing a different, uh, he just started developing like a love for it. Mm-hmm. I would say he still coaches now he coaches my, my younger brothers. And, um, he's just like one of those guys who wants to help kids grow and, and play mm-hmm. baseball. So I think that's why he stayed in it. Uh, but yeah, he never, he never got into it until I started playing.
0: Was what was that experience like for you? Because I know, you know, my dad coached me up until I was like 12 or 13. And then he's like, OK, you know what? I'm I'm not suited for the you know advanced levels of the game. I find it interesting that your dad stayed with you for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, so the, there's a funny story about that, too. Is uh, So my junior year, he had gotten the coaching job at the school I, I was I had transferred to my, my senior year and we were in the same league. So I had to play against my dad twice.
0: Oh my god!
1: So yeah, that was uh, that was that was just a weird thing. Just seeing him across the uh the field and the other dugout I was just like, dude, this is so weird. He walked, he he intentionally walked me. I think twice that game. Seriously? One the first time, yeah, I was like, dude, I got home. He didn't. We beat him. He didn't even come home that night, um, because <laughs> he knew I was gonna say something. But yeah, he didn't end up coming home. The second time we ended up beating them, and then uh, um. So yeah, I'm two and zero against my dad. Um, I could I could keep that under my belt, but he, uh, yeah, playing for him was awesome. He's 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 intense. A lot of guys um, will say that too. Like he just wants the best out of you, and he knows how to to get a good group of guys together and um, make it fun. It's almost like just rolling the ball out and let the guys play. That's that's how he let us play. He, he trusted us, and um, you know that's how we went about our business
0: after he intentionally walked you did you steal second i think i think i
1: stole second i yeah. might have stole third too <laughs> um it was a 3-2 game so it was close the, yeah. the game was definitely close he, yeah so a little bit of revenge yeah i forget the second game was a blowout though we blew them
0: out <laughs> it was bad did did you was there any ounce of regret or fear when you were blowing them out that like, Oh man, this is, this is going to make for a weird dinner later this week.
1: Oh no. We, uh, we, uh, we had, we would always like, we would talk crap in the, in the house about like what was going to happen. And, um, so like I, I had rounded third base and they were in the third base dugout and I said, come on, man, you guys got to pick this up. But, but like, you knew I was joking, but I was like, Oh dang, I shouldn't have said that. It was my
0: dad. Oh, man
1: yeah no it was fun we it was definitely like a weird experience but like we're both competitive guys and we knew what to expect out of that
0: uh the other thing you mentioned about your high school days and we found out about this over the summer as well was that you pitched uh you yeah. know you got back on the mound this summer uh you know when the pigs needed a position player out in the bump uh that was more you know just needed to get some outs but i know in high school and then going to college even you were legitimate two-way player um when did you kind of realize the hitting was going to be what was moving forward for you
1: oh man i think my fall of my freshman year is when i kind of saw uh the dip in my like my pitching abilities
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um because i was still like trying to two-way at that point i felt like i I had been more focused on hitting i i definitely pitched a lot in the fall Mm -hmm. i would uh But I just like the velo wasn't there and um, pitching in Reno, like your pitches don't break as much. So my breaking (laughs) wasn't the same. Um, So I I, I guess I noticed it there just in the fall, just like, okay, maybe I should just focus on hitting. Um, I did pitch in the spring a little bit, but I only think I had like three appearances. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say that's kind of where it just dipped off.
0: Was there one specific moment where you threw a pitch and, you know, maybe it got clobbered or something and you're like, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm better suited as a hitter.
1: (laughs) I, so we were notorious for throwing inside at Nevada, like just Mm -hmm. like working to like get guys off the plate or just like tie them up. But I threw a fastball, probably a ball in off the plate to one of our guys in the fall and he just hits it like 420 feet over the wall. I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, I'm done. This is it. (laughs) There's no way. How am I going to (laughs) compete with that?
0: not (laughs) like I throw 95. (laughs) (laughs) how did it feel getting back out on the mound this summer?
1: I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I was terrified. I mean, just with the a, lineup that they had in yeah. Spantan, I mean, I had – a I think I faced Defoe, uh, Floreal was having a really good year up to that yeah. point, and then um, Dominguez, like, just – Defoe's big league time. I and mean, Now they all have big league time, but, like, that's a – those are three good guys that could hit.
0: Yeah. Hey, you got uh,
1: – yeah, that that was the whole thing. I was like, all right, just let them hit it, get themselves out, and get back in the dugout. Let's leave it at that.
0: How were you not scared for your own well-being, but a little bit of okay, as soon as I release this pitch, I'm like, I am fully turned into a defender now.
1: Oh, I threw that ball and I I felt like I was gonna try and get behind the rubber before. <laughs> that's what I was trying to do. Just like, you know, when the guys slow pitch softball and they're like, yep. they're going back. That's what I was trying to do. Oh it's scary. God. I mean, guys can hit those balls so hard.
0: <laughs> Did it give you almost a little bit of perspective to flip it around to you as a hitter and remind you that like pitching's like hard? F- pitching's really hard. And then as a hitter, yeah, you fail seven times out of ten, but the pitcher's got fear too.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what makes baseball so hard. I mean, everything we do is at a high level. So um I definitely gained more respect for the pitchers after I was especially because I think I was pitching with the ABS that night. Yeah. But like trying to throw it in that zone consistently, I think that was the toughest part.
0: I know that that was something that was talked about a lot during the season. I know we talked about it because uh, you've always had, even going back to high school and college, you've always had a great eye at the plate, really high on base percentage. But this summer, your straight up to walk ratio was fantastic. Uh, and I don't know if it was ever mentioned to you, the last game that was played this past year that you played in uh, you actually tied a franchise record four walks in a game.
1: Four walks in a game.
0: Yeah. That tied the franchise record for most walks. Oh, wow. Yeah. No so, one told me that. Yeah. So congrats. I found that out after that. But anyways, <laughs> I know, I, I know you said a couple times during the season that you were happy with your strike zone control, but a couple times that you felt like, man, the ABS, like it might just not be reading me right
1: yeah i mean i'm definitely not going up there to look for a walk that's yeah. uh that's the thing and i think people think that but i feel like i just have a really good understanding of the zone and mm-hmm. i think they shrunk i'm pretty sure that yeah they did yeah. shrink it at the end of the year so um i think that kind of played a role into it as well just like kind of understanding like okay i could eliminate certain pitches and certain counts or or what i'm looking for and set my sights differently um So just like creating an understanding and a game plan for that, I think think that helped me
0: out a whole lot. Do you think that kind of coupled with your increase in power that you were able to key in on a couple more dangerous areas in the zone and have like a really clearly defined strike zone that you obviously had very good control over?
1: Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, um, I mean, when you're in a a hitter's count you're definitely looking to take more chances. And um, I think hitting in the nine hole, I was definitely to get, able to get more pitches I was looking for and uh, put good swings on them so I think uh, that had a big role into uh, my approach and and taking more chances for sure and Mm -hmm. I think that's what we saw the last month and a half
0: yeah and uh, you ended up one homer shy of your career high and significantly fewer games that that looked like a, a little expression of pain on your face there
1: yeah, know. Because we had we had joked about it in the locker room. I know uh, Thirsty and I, and then uh, Mahalo was there. We were in my ex me Like you, you just need one more. Just hit one more, and you're good. And then, uh, I mean, the last three games yeah. didn't end up being played, but or last was it last two or three? What last two. Yeah, it was last two. So, yeah, I never got that chance to kind of uh, to break that personal record. But um, you know, I'm looking forward to trying to do that next year. I'm not going to try and do it. Hopefully, I do do it just let the game come to me. But yeah, 10 has always been a goal of mine. Um, I've wanted 20 stolen bases as well, and I got 19. So, I mean, I also have to take a look at, you know, the year I had and uh, the amount of games I played. So I'm I'm very happy with the way it turned out.
0: Is that something, you know, you feel extra proud about that you're able to say you're happy with the way the past year turned out? Cause it, you know, in my view, it would have been pretty easy for you to say, two and a half, three months into the season, like, man, this has been an absolutely whirlwind of a year. I just want to pull the plug and get, get over with it. But instead you battled through it and turned it into a really, really good year.
1: Yeah. I mean, you got to, you definitely have to battle through those uh, those times where you're just like sitting at home. Cause that's I me. Mean, I sat at yeah. home for three weeks. Um, just kind of like, am I doing, am I doing anything right? Like what am I doing wrong? am I supposed to be doing this? You definitely have those doubts, but um, historically I've, I've always gotten off to slow starts uh, throughout the year. Not that I want to, it's just like, you know, it's just baseball things kind of speed up on you once you come out of spring training. And um, I think I just needed to take a step back and, and listen to myself and kind of just let myself go out there and play. I think that's kind of what happened at the end. And um, like I said, I got more comfortable with the guys in the clubhouse and, I think that helped a whole lot with me being, uh, being able to come in every day and get ready to work.
0: That was something that you would mention to me when it might've been a month or so after you were acquired that you're like, you know, the past couple of weeks I'd been through, I just like didn't even feel like asking people's names. Cause I just didn't know whether or not it was going to be worth my time and effort.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I was with the giants for three weeks. So I feel like I couldn't name 15 guys on the team. That, that's in it. And I hate to say that, but yeah, um, you definitely want to know guys in the clubhouse. You want to know who they are that way, like you know who you're around, and you know it makes it fun to come into the game, the the clubhouse every day. I mean, you're doing this for six, seven months in a row, mm-hmm. so uh, understanding who you're around makes it definitely easier to to show up. Uh,
0: one thing I wanted to ask you about because I saw some awesome videos of it was when you made your debut with the Aces, uh, yeah. and I saw the little uh, policy that you had out of the ballpark. Uh, I'm assuming that was friends and family Uh, that was cheering really, really hard for you. Uh, How special was that? Cause it, it, I looked at a map. You grew up in somewhat, it, did you grow up in A's country or is that more Giants territory out in California? I mean, it's,
1: you could be either. I mean, yeah. I, I grew up 20 minutes from the stadium in Oakland, which is going to be gone now, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's gone, but yeah, they're not gonna be playing there soon. Um, And I probably grew up like forty. 30, 45 minutes from uh, Giants, Mm -hmm. uh, Oracle. So um, I definitely went to a lot more A's games growing up uh, because you could take, are you familiar with BART? Yep. Yep. So BART was probably like a 30 minute BART ride to the stadium with all the stops and stuff. So um, we would always go to A's games growing up and uh, yeah, going there and being able to play there was, was pretty cool. Um, I was uh, definitely, shocked with how many people showed up. I, it was on a Wednesday, day, so I wasn't sure if people had to work or anything, but yeah, no, that was uh, definitely an experience that I will cherish forever and will always have on my mind, for sure. That was awesome.
0: How much does it mean to you that you, you know, no matter what else happens in your major league career, you got sued up for your two hometown teams?
1: Yeah, not my people can say that. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I grew up a Dodger fan, so thank for <laughs>
0: That was gonna be my next Giants question. A
1: weird. What's that?
0: <laughs> that was gonna be my next question. Is if you you know what fan who did you grow up rooting for?
1: Yeah, I grew up a Dodger fan, which is <laughs> my, my dad grew up. My dad was a Dodger fan. He uh watched a lot of Dodger games growing up, so that's kind of why I got brought into it. Uh but I definitely like I I have a lot of respect for the Giants just after playing for them and giving me an opportunity, obviously, to play in the big leagues. Um it was, it was cool. That, I mean, the stadium's awesome yeah. in San Francisco. So that was really, really cool. And just playing for both of them, being able to have a support around me in that area with a lot of family and friends, that was, uh, you know, something I, I love to to have around for sure.
0: And you mentioned it, obviously the A's are going to be leaving Oakland at some point here in the next five years or so for Vegas. Uh, and you spent a little bit of time playing for the A's AAA team down in Vegas. Did you like, Playing in Vegas, or did did you feel like you know it does it fit the baseball? I know they get solid crowds as a minor league team, but I don't know what it's like as a player actually, you know, being there because that's Las Vegas is probably the most eccentric minor league market you could possibly have. I mean, comparing Allentown to Las Vegas, two ends of a spectrum.
1: (laughs) Yeah, night and day for sure. Yeah, no, I mean they they I, as a hitter, I would love it. As a pitcher, <laughs> not so much. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. I'm sure we what where the Vegas stadium is for the, the aviators is probably about 20, 25 minutes from, from the strip where the, um, I think that's where they're going to build the stadiums yeah. near the strip. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure they'll get a, we would get a lot of fans there. I'm sure they're not going to have any yeah. problem with drawing fans and uh, creating a fan base in that area for
0: sure. What was it like just like during the summer I can't imagine you guys were taking too much early work or even BP most of the time once you got into uh, June July August?
1: we so every game was a night it was a seven o'clock game. You can't yeah. play a day game on a Sunday to get away um so a lot of teams would stay there and then leave Monday more like early Monday morning to fly wherever they were playing next um but I mean, yeah, we never took we would we would take VP maybe once a week. Yeah. In Vegas. We would most of our stuff would be done on the road, depending on like the weather where we're at too. Because I mean that league tend, tends to get pretty hot.
0: Yeah. And I know one of you gotta the go other... to texas and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I know one of the other big factors of the PCL that you got to experience a good bit, and you mentioned it with uh the travel on Mondays is you're flying almost everywhere. And for people who don't know, you know, PCL travel is a lot different than major league travel. Everything's commercial, <laughs> and it's a lot yeah. of left and there's a lot of early wake up calls. Uh do you remember your first uh PCL uh airplane trip?
1: Well, my first plane trip we, so Vegas flies direct everywhere basically. So oh, we that's uh cool. yeah, so it was cool. My first trip was to we flew to Round Rock.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And cuz I had gotten traded the I got traded in early July. We had one home series and then we had the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. So then I went home to drop some stuff off. Came went back to Vegas and uh, met up with the team, and then we flew straight to Round Rock.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I had flown with Durham before. Yeah. Uh, so I've been a on. Little some- different. Yeah, it's a little different. Uh, it's not. You get definitely people definitely come up to you and ask questions like, "Oh, what do you guys do?" And like, "What do you guys do?" Blah blah blah. Just trying to uh, like see what's going on, why why we're all dressed nice mm-hmm. and whatnot.
0: Does because I know obviously it's a. Far bigger program than most uh college baseball programs. Does Arizona fly chartered?
1: No, no. Yeah. Just uh, we flew chartered to regionals. That was it. Okay. Um, yeah, but everything else we flew Southwest.
0: Yeah, no, it's still yeah. not too cabby
1: No, not at all. Um, <laughs> we have yeah, those trips would be short too. Um, yeah, we would always have like a layover though, because Tucson doesn't ever fly anywhere direct. <laughs> Other than L.A., probably that's about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, One thing I always love asking guys is once they got drafted, I know your draft story is a little bit different because you were a senior sign, right?
1: Yep, I was a senior sign.
0: So obviously for anybody listening who doesn't know what that means, as a senior in college, uh, to put it bluntly, Cal, you basically had no leverage (laughs) to go up against Um, the Blue Jays when you signed um Mm -hmm. but when you did finally get your signing bonus what was the dumbest purchase you made that you said when i get drafted this i'm i want i'm buying this
1: i mean i signed for five grand there's not much (laughs) much stupid things you could buy for and i think i got like 3600 after taxes so there's not many bad things you i i save my money i don't like spending a whole lot of money i I wish i could have said oh i could have i went and bought a car but yeah no i didn't really spend money man i was i was about to get engaged and i was like i need to pay for a wedding so
0: (laughs) was there anything that you told yourself you were going to get yourself uh when you made your major league debut uh
1: the laptop i'm talking to you on right now
0: that's about it humble man cal
1: (laughs) yeah so i mean this thing was yeah just the apple macbook pro that was about all i got i I was like, I have not made it yet until I've been here for at least a year. I, I know I, I'm chilling, but no, yeah, no, man. I'm like I said, I don't like spending money.
0: <laughs> um one other thing that you know I read going through your bio a little bit was that you grew so we talked a little bit about where you grew up. Uh I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it. Fremont, it's just Fremont, right?
1: Yeah, Fremont. Yep.
0: Uh, there's a pretty good history of ball players from that area. Mm-hmm. Uh was that something that you were aware of as you started to kind of climb through the ranks a little bit? And was that anything that ever had an impact on you?
1: Well, um well, who are we talking about here? Like uh
0: I, I saw some names like Sean dunson Steven Kwan. Steven Kwan, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I put kind of two into the okay, pack 12, same area kind of thing. I did and I saw that you had played for I forget the name of the team, but some uh either college showcase teams or summer college ball in the area where I was like, okay, these are a lot of names that are kind of at the AAA level and at the major league level right now too.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not sure if you heard the name, Mark Mathias. Yeah. Yep. Mark Mathias is from there. Uh, Tyler Sear. He was with the Lehigh last year, Stephen Kwan. um, Gosh, I think that's just about it off the top of my head, but uh, Sean Dunson, I never ran into Sean Dunson. I know Dennis Eckersley's from there. Uh, But yeah, no, growing up with those, those three first names that I mentioned, um, I had played with all those guys. or played against them growing up. So it was super competitive in our area. And um, Stephen Kwan kind of, he came out slow in college, but he kind of like led that team his sophomore year. And, uh gosh he's turned into a really good player in in the big leagues and um just to become a reliable bat and outfielder and um it's so good to see him doing what he's doing he's been really really good up there and um mark has been really good too him and i played together uh when i was really he's three years older than me or two years older than me so um i got to play with him a little bit when i was younger and then in, in high school too so um it's just good to see all these guys still going and and uh progressing in mm-hmm. baseball
0: And that's one thing that's got to be a little either weird or hard to remember for you because like we've mentioned you've bounced around so much that your baseball web so to speak you've met and touched a lot of different people and mm-hmm. but at the same time that's very cool and that you're a degree or two of separation from almost anybody
1: yeah i mean i've met i've met so many people i, I played with jim haley before for two years before last year and uh uh just playing with guys like that and you know you I feel like I have found a way to to meet up with people again in baseball and uh you definitely remember those times and you uh you cherish the moments you guys have together for sure that's and that's why I remember a lot of that stuff too. I mean um you know, it's just a fun thing to be a part of and to be around guys like that.
0: uh as far as fun moments go, is there one favorite one from this past year? that you were like, okay, this this is something that's going to stick with me?
1: Um, It's hard to say. It's hard to say for sure. I mean, just like some of the walk-off wins we had, like yeah. when Hicks hit his walk-off home run, yeah. that was a bomb. I, I, <laughs> I, I watched that. I think my mouth dropped to the floor. My jaw dropped. I was like, oh, my God, that was a bomb. And uh, just being able to – just like celebrate with the guys after the game just stuff like that i mean like i said you cherish those moments forever and you know just like a simple simple hoorah in the in the locker room like little stuff like that you you definitely remember those things Mm. ping pong before the games all that stuff
0: are are you do you claim to be a good ping pong player
1: i do i do but i'd never played in the locker room i don't know why (laughs) yeah no I I uh I, I have a ping pong table upstairs in my house right now, but huh. I have no one to play with right now um okay. so yeah no I'm a good ping pong player I've, I've I grew up playing a lot and my friends always had one growing up so we were always competitive with it
0: so, so if it's not ping pong, what's your kind of pre-game relaxation?
1: So they actually had those um uh, those puzzles in the the locker room where you go down uh you go zero to hundred. I kind of like getting into that stuff. I don't know why.
0: I was going to ask you about that because I remember at the beginning of the year, might have been Jake Cave and Drew Ellis were doing them, and I needed to grab one of them for something. I'm like, "What in the world are you doing?" They're like, "Oh, it's like a like a thought, you know, reaction puzzle." I'm like, "Okay, man, you, you're you, you guys are the big leaguers. I'm not. <laughs> Whatever. How did you kind of get into it, and why is it addictive?
1: well it's addicting because everyone to try and compete with each other Uh, because you're trying to get the fastest time and like for us it was more like a mental performance thing like okay if i could slow it down here i could slow it down in the game too so just like just remaining calm and kind of just like getting your mind right before you go out and do stuff for bp and like i said it was competitive for all of us we're all trying jeremy walker and drew ellis were the two best ones at it by far it wasn't even close what was it at their times like dude there's no way he did that and you watch him do it again and they did it
0: what was your best time
1: my best time was like 247 or something like that
0: okay what 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 were drew and jeremy posting
1: drew would go like they would be between 210
0: 215
1: yeah like third like way beyond us it was they were good
0: so that's one thing i always love finding out about some guys is any hidden talent type thing did you have a hidden talent
1: oh no man
0: <laughs> nothing
1: no I wish I'm trying to think of a hidden talent no like I have no hidden talents I'm so like by the book <laughs> basic man I wish I had a hidden talent I mean baseball <laughs> I mean that's not hidden you guys get yeah, it's to see not them. hidden
0: it's not hidden it's there
1: <laughs> yeah and I'm trying to be humble so <laughs>
0: Uh, so if it's not hidden talent, the other thing I like to ask is sometimes, you know, when you're on the field, if there's ever been a moment where somebody else's talent has left you in like awe, either a picture you were facing or somebody on your own team where you're like, okay, this is a whole nother level type of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many good players out there, but I always tell this story about, um, the time I was playing Corbin Carroll in yeah. Vegas for the first time I'd, I've heard about him obviously he's a high pro, like t- really high prospect and I'm in the outfield and I just get like the most like I wouldn't say routine ground ball but he hits a pretty good ground ball to me right and I'm like going over to pick it up and as I'm picking it up I look up and he's like halfway to second base already <laughs> and I'm just like how am I supposed to how am I supposed <laughs> to get this back in before this guy gets a double like it, he he was it's it's he's so fast I had never seen anybody play the game like that and it was pretty clear this year why he why he's the player he is so i mean i don't know if that answers your question but that's that's what i that's what i think of every time and it's unbelievable how fast the guy is and how he plays the game
0: now that answers it beautifully and then for you on a personal level was there a moment when you realized like you said you're very humble but was there a moment where you realized okay my talent at baseball is kind of past what a normal person does here
1: Um, I would say the moment I got called up.
0: Um, <laughs> it took you becoming a major leaguer to be like, I, I might, I might be good at this.
1: Well, I'm really like really hard on myself. I hold my health myself to a high standard. I think the when I, cause the week I went up, I was like, okay, oh, I told myself the the night before I got called up, I was like, I think if you called me up right now, I would be able to do this right, like mm-hmm. right now. And then. Like, that's when I'm like, okay, I, I, I trust myself and I know I'm good enough to do this.
0: Was that the first time that you said that to yourself?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's something you always think about for sure. Yeah. Like you work to get there, but uh, being ready and be put in that situation, I think is a whole different uh, question for sure.
0: Is that one thing that you realized on your first promotion that, you know, you always like to think that you're ready? But then it's actually being in that moment where you get to tell yourself, I'm here, my feet are on the ground. Nobody can take this away from me.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I got to Oakland, I had so much going on too when I got there. Just with all the people, it was just like, mm-hmm. okay, just take it all in and um just be present. Be mm-hmm. present and uh just play the game. I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day. When you get up there, it's the same game. Yeah. Um, obviously the players are better and the situations are a little bit different, but um, it's just nine guys on each side of the field and playing baseball.
0: What did you do with uh, your first hit baseball?
1: Uh, it's, it's upstairs in the loft area, just mm-hmm. sitting. Where? It's on the shelf right now. So, yeah, no, it's up there. I have I have the first pitch I swung at. I fell the first pitch I swung at. Uh, I fell <laughs> it off. So, I don't know. They gave it to me. It's up there, too. <laughs>
0: <You> <laughs>
1: so, I don't know, know if anyone has that either, but, yep, I got it.
0: He, he, did you put a little plaque under it, like first pitch fouled off in majors?
1: Oh, I don't have that. I have the first hit one under, like oh, first yeah. hit. That's about it.
0: Okay, that that's pretty cool. Either way, yeah,
1: that yeah, was a surprise to get the foul ball. I was like, I don't really want this, but okay. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's cool now. Like, I'll take it, but I wasn't expecting it.
0: Okay, to wrap this up. uh You know, you had said way back when we started this that you were really appreciative of the fans and being able to come out to a pretty packed ballpark uh, every night out. How, How excited does that make you feel going into 2024 that, you know, if you are back here on Iron Pigs roster that, you know, you get to play in a special environment down here at AAA?
1: Yeah, I mean, I got to play in Durham. That was very fun. That was a great experience, too, but. Uh, I had no idea what Lehigh Valley was, was about. I knew that they, that people loved them and they were pretty popular, but I think getting there and being able to experience that, um, that, that atmosphere night in and night out, I think it makes us as players want to show up every day and, and uh, put on a show for the, the fans. Cause we know um, how loyal they are and they show up and you know, they're loud. They, yeah. they, they really are. And um, I think we're very appreciative of that it makes us, makes it, like I said, it makes it easier for us to go out and and play baseball and and have fun.
0: Well, Cal, uh, we certainly hope to have you back here in the fold here for 2024. And I can't thank you enough for giving us time here today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Sam. I really do. Thank you so much. Again, a big thanks to Cal for joining us on the Pig Pod uh, for today's episode. Cal having tons of fun with uh, his two kids and his wife uh, out in Arizona here during the offseason. Going to be a pleasure to have Cal back in the fold for 2020. Four. That'll just about wrap it up for today's episode of the Pig Pot. As always, wherever you're listening to this, drop us a like, drop us a subscribe, tell your friends about us. If you feel like listening a couple more times to keep the play count going higher, sure, why not? Go for it. Uh, and if we don't get another episode out before the heart of the holiday season hits us, as far as Christmas, Hanukkah, and all the like, a very happy holidays to you and yours from us here at the Iron Pigs. And can't wait till opening day. 2024 until our next episode of the pig pod. I've been Sam Jelnick and have a great rest of your day.